Hello everyone, happy new year and welcome to the new season of the Open Africa podcast. On the podcast today I have the usual suspects. <laughs> hello everyone. That's Nosa. Happy New Year to you, Nosa. And hello to all our listeners and a happy new year to you. My name is Laulu. And that's how you do an intro. <laughs> Alright, just jump right into the episode today. Uh, we're starting the episode with some slightly heartbreaking news with the news around simple and um simple is essentially shutting down and if you go on their website they'll tell you they're closing um customers are being transferred to bbba um now why this is a bit sad is because all the nice you know features that you see on your digital banks that you love they're sort of pioneered by the simple team so your budgeting and your um what's it called all the spend spending and saving spend to save save save. exactly save to spend all those cool spend to spend (laughs) all those features around just basically helping you make your um how do i put it it's not just being a bank app, right? It's just helping yeah. you make more intelligent decisions, giving you more insights around like how your financial behaviors are. All those sort of features were pioneered by Simple. Um, and I was reading an article and I saw that they only had like 100,000 customers. Is that right? And if it is, that's like appalling. But, but why exactly are they shutting down? So, what's it called? So they sold to BBVA was a couple years ago and i think bbva sold to pnc another bank and that pnc bank has their own digital bank play so they're just wrapping wrapping everything up on that on that regard so simple customers are just going to migrate their account to like bbva accounts and more or less shut down the whole thing yikes well, what happens to the founders now? They yeah, they already left. I think they exited with BBVA is coming. They were like a pioneer with like neo banks, mm-hmm. like well, one of the first American ones. So, for context, BBVA is one of the biggest banks in Spain, right? Yeah. Yeah. But that's a bit, I mean, sad. Um, coming off the high of I think twenty twenty, where there was a lot of noise around fintechs and digital banks and all of that sort of a sad start to the year um any other comments on that no it's just sad yeah that's all okay <laughs> back to local news yes yeah chaka and the nigerian regulators no <laughs> sir you have some insights around this blessed brother <laughs> <laughs> Which, so, by the way, is a hilarious word, but let's let's not digress. I think it was like late December, where basically the SEC came out and said Chaka were more or less operating without their permission. And Chaka's response is, was that they've always been clear and transparent that they are not a broker. They are a technology company and they work with brokers to deliver... So they do drive wealth for like American stock and they had, there's a Nigerian broker, City Investments Capital, I think. That's a Nigerian partner. And it's a very weird position for the SEC to take because it's not as if they're the first 
people with this type of model per se like bamboo also does the same thing trove also does the same mm. thing even carry wise to some degree does the same thing in the sense that they don't have any proprietary funds per se it's more aggregators. the aggregators for like other services yeah. so for the sec to make a scapegoat of chaka over christmas it is very weird it sounds like beef the one question may i have is given their status like we we get the status as a technology company that is providing um the technology that powers the activities of these brokers essentially but the question i want to ask is what what did the others do differently that chaka didn't do that warranted this not that i'm aware of i mean maybe their worst crime is that Nope, I don't really know who City Investment Capital is to be fair. <laughs> um, I know Bamboo does with ARM, I, I think, if I remember correctly. Or is it? No, Trove is the one that does with ARM. Anyway, these guys do with like bigger, more established like brokers. And Chaka is one that I'm like, who are these guys? I've never heard of them before. It sounds to me like one of those things where there's more, there's more to it than we... Than we than we're seeing in the news, yeah. Because typically the SEC isn't. I mean, it's not like CBN. They're you typically don't see them in the news for just like causing trouble and 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 doing the most like that. And if they chose to leave everybody else and then just face you, the question is, you what are you doing? Like who, did they, who did they offend? Who, who did you offend? Really who did you offend? You know, which big body? Or did you stop someone from trading and it's like I'll show you Pepe Nigerian movie style? So I think they they sit in a very weird position in the sense that I think we even mentioned it last year that they are not regulated, like they don't have a regulator. Mm-hmm. It's the people that they partner with that are regulated. So. If SEC recognizes brokers, then there should also be some sort of arrangement for aggregators, so people who leverage on the services yeah. of, of brokers. So people like CarryWise, there should be. They can't just get away with saying, "Mary Stem is who we partner with." Yeah, this is a UBA fund. So, so I think. I, I suspect that in 2021 we're going to see like regulators sweep, swooping in a bit more swooping in a bit more and getting into the business of a lot of these fintechs. I think they've been operating in like some gray areas that regulators haven't really been clear on exactly how to manage or engage them. Yeah. And yeah. Because if you call yourself a fintech, it stands to reason that somebody should be regulating your activities, even though your your position is that you are merely providing you know platform. the platform but you are profiting off that platform and you are like you're the inter it's not like when a team apps for example builds tech for for banks it's like, different you exactly. you are the front end running operations for this thing so you are in for all intents and purposes involved in this service and you should be regulated yeah so and it's not just even the sec there so there are different people that offer some like like chipper cash now for instance chipper cash i not aware they have any Nigerian license. 
what they operate here. Um, Eversend as well for that like Nigerian account to just leverage, just partner with a Nigerian bank to provide the services. But they're still providing financial services and there has to be somebody that they answer to. Yeah. In case things go wrong. I, I mean, especially if you're trying to like engender like trust and you want people to like trust digital and there has to be some form of legitimacy that shows mm. we are different from MMM. <laughs> <laughs> because at, at this at this point, they they all operate in the same legal air legal regulatory yeah, yeah, yeah. area yeah. as that MMM occupied and Swiss gold and the rest. So if you are, if you want people to trust you, there has to be something that backs it. So for like guys now that have like say say yeah, like a digital bank without a license and you're leveraging on bank accounts with somebody now are the individual account holders are they insured or is it just your account with that bank like your pool account with that bank that is insured and you're now skirting through the gray area and telling people that oh your funds are safe and insured when in reality is if something goes down then the company is entitled to just 250k <laughs> for all their customers versus each person is entitled to 250k because they are individual accounts with yeah. the bank so exactly things like that yeah i think is what the cbn should be doing instead of fighting dollar i mean my only thing is do you know the cbn it can be a thing where they come with a hammer and they come to the moment they gone to a conversation, you know. So, yes, there should be some regulation to give it people a bit more comfort and like gather more trust because I think it's all smooth sailing and it's all fun and games now because all these fintechs they're still booming, everything is still going relatively well, there are no like real challenges that any of them have faced, but then if we get to a point where there is a challenge and then they're not able to deliver service for whatever reason, then who do you turn to as like a user? And that's where um, regulation should perhaps come in. But yeah. I'm always wary of yeah, involving regulators just because... Because if we're keeping it a buck, some fintechs have done some pretty weird things. What's the name of these guys that just closed shop and people still have money trapped in there? Um, one fintech like this that they stopped up I think they had like family issues or something oh um, it's the guy that does mono I forgot him yeah like you know stuff like that or like when dot dot oh, changed God. their URL exactly like dot bank had driven I think they've packed up now <laughs> but dot bank did digital bank I think I put money inside then they changed their website and they didn't send any message. And I went back and I couldn't find it, find the website again. I told my money I'd missed. <laughs> yeah, just weird stuff like that shouldn't be happening because regulation, to be fair, brings a certain level of accountability, accountability to yeah. operations. And, and that's why in terms of data and data cleanliness for given all the people that collect data i think bvn data is still the cleanest 
because we're talking who was i talking to about telco data recently and how messy that nonsense is and yet they collect almost the same data sets as bvn but one is just much better than the other one and a large part of that had to do with the fact that it was banks that collected it and banks know that their regulator is crazy so even when you are on the straight and narrow you can still get into trouble with them talk less of when you are moving mad with with how you are operating so the ncc wasn't particularly strict on those guys so because now that i think about it it is i'm remembering all those roadside people that give you sim cards and you're not really registering they just load it for you and say this is your number that's (laughs) that's why oh there's so much bad (laughs) people were literally walking around with those hp mini mini laptops and um that's um camera peripheral where you just yeah mommy do your head like this (laughs) then he'll take a picture and no, just put in whatever they want. Like the telcos just wanted to grow aggressively. So they just did anyhow for this thing. And now that we act the government actually wants and needs this data to be clean, they've now found out that it's a whole mess. So they want to correct it with NIN. Because maybe if everybody doesn't have PV, at least everybody will have NIN. How? Oh that's 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 the logic now. That's Children, that NIN is, is a racket, if you ask me. It has been an ongoing racket. There have been like four versions of of NIN over the last seven to eight years. No, no, but if, you, if you've noticed, like in the last year, they've been plugging NIN into everything. Into everything. I mean, you guys have done work with, with Smile ID, for example. If you look well now, you start seeing that some pa- passport data comes with NIN. Yeah, if you want to renew your passport, you have, if you want to renew your passport, you have to have your NIN number. If you're shopping on like Amazon and you like you put a Nigerian address, they'll ask you for either your passport number or your NIN number. So NIN number is becoming something that is like a little more common, but still doesn't mean that their processes are pretty messed up. I, I applied for my NIN. I applied for my NIN. It's not almost two years ago when they came to the office to do it for us. <laughs> I still don't have the card. Oh, I, I think they told us to forget that card. Forget just, the card. Just, just get man, the number. Just manage the number and the paper. There was somebody in the office that helped me get the number. Apparently, it's on the. You can get it from the BVM portal. Like if you've registered and they've created your your NIN yeah, number. I had to call somebody Nancy. Get my number. Like so. At anyways, let's yeah, let's not spend too much time on NIN because just yeah. Anyways, moving on to good news. Split, Noswa, mm-hmm. do you want to share? Uh, Split is going to, expanding to Ghana, Rwanda, and Kenya. By the way, sorry to interrupt, but if you people are looking for product people to move to Ghana, help me. Help me. I need to leave this Lagos. <laughs> or carry on, Noswa. So, Split, I think they came, they were like the second wave after Fiber. So those splits and those muster, I think maybe rent small, small, basically like prop tech companies that have come coming into this thing. I think split has adjusted their own model to be a bit more like Airbnb, based basically shortlets, because 
if you go on this, if you check their listings, you don't even find like yeah you don't find like proper i want to rent for the year and they all come like furnished etc so i'm guessing the idea is i mean on their deck maybe they are doing okay it's for people that have you're moving out you don't you don't want baggage just want to move somewhere that might be it on deck but in reality i suspect it's just yahoo boy is looking for rocks for the weekend it's not this it's not shade but it's a as someone who is currently a Yahoo boy <laughs> in the market looking for a house, I've seen that shortlets are very, very popular in that demographic. Which explains why they are priced the way that they are. To be honest, in my other life, when I used to host church events, we see shortlet apartments. <laughs> in those buildings, the things that used to happen. You oh know, I have to pray for like three days ahead of the event so that <laughs> people don't come and are distracted. <laughs> what is so, oh during like lockdown period, there was like a boom in like shortlets for party purposes yeah. because clubs are not open. Yeah. yeah, a couple of I got a couple of invites um, to like house parties where people were trying to. Where people were renting like shortlets, apartments. These guys are still doing shortlets as well, Niger nomads. So is the digression. Yeah, yeah, they got like they they've done like and done up an Airbnb and made it multiple though. They have a number oh, of really? locations. Yeah, they have a number of locations, like different um, apartments, like across. And I see a lot of people using it for staycations and stuff, sort of just get away from your day to day environment. I I thought that was pretty cool, but that's a Side yeah, I, I think shortlets really boomed last year. Like, I don't have any data to back it up, but I'm just based on based on I swear to God, based on I I not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> I think shortlets did very well, and split ups in I think in the, in the release they said they've been profitable for like two straight quarters or something. Hmm. So not bad. That's always a good thing if you are one of the investors. Okay. Anyways, I think we don't wanna we wanna keep I think this year the plan is to keep episodes short and sharp. So we won't go on for too long. But just before we round up this episode, does anybody want to share sort of predictions for twenty twenty one? So you said um I don't know, short less boomed in twenty twenty. Um we know about all the growth in terms of cryptocurrency hey. 2020 what do you expect is going to happen in 2021 i think we are going to have 5000 crypto startups <laughs> yes in in nigeria this year 5555 i mean it's everybody a, it's is a very obvious <laughs> prediction but everybody is going to build crypto boom because I was in a VC um, session with um, one incubator like this, that they were trying to get people like investments into the companies, and out of like seven people that pitched, three of them were using crypto in some way. Two were using it for cross-border remittance, um, and I, I forget what the last person was using it for, and that's just a casual like vc meeting and it's like three out of seven you know okay so that's how it was about payments a couple of years 
So something I always track. So I check like the Nigerian app store, like iOS store, obviously. I don't really check for Android to see like rankings for finance. Um, right now, Luna is number one. Kuda is number two. That's right. Binance is three. Um, Roku is 13. Coinbase is 14. Bitcoin Wallet is 15. Paxful is 16. Patricia is 18. Where's Bitsika? <laughs> Trust wallet is 19. If we extend it a bit, crypto.com is 28. So in the top 30, they are like yeah. eight, seven, eight. So like between bank apps and they form between bank apps and crypto, crypto apps, crypto. that's the top 20 for finance in Nigeria. Like if you are building anything crypto, it is it's it is the way uh if i had money that's where everybody's investing in because there's this thing that what's it called i think it was one one of the bitcoins guys said that crypto is like more of a necessity or there's a need for crypto here versus people in america i mean they have like a stable economy yeah nobody's blocking their fx and wait that's the thing you say nobody's blocking their fx do they need fx is it not us exactly (laughs) because <laughs> exactly. So for them, they just see it as being rebellious, but because and returns, yeah. But because they, as people, have accepted it, and because the the very nature of crypto means everybody can is getting, yeah. The barrier to entry for crypto is very low. Anybody can get it, and you're basically exchanging currency in like in the world stage. It gives marginalized people like Nigerians access to that world to world trade so there's a bigger there's a bigger need for us here so there's there's still so much that can be done as far as crypto is concerned like because they in some parts of this world they're already doing crypto back loans visa is issuing crypto backed and crypto based cards i think that institutional money that entered crypto was it was it was great for it visa partnering with ethereum square jp morgan um all of that it it really did help to push this agenda now that everybody must build because even (laughs) everyone was built even square when they they touched crypto a little bit last year they saw how much money made them like i think q1 or q2 then they just went all in. They even moved some of their reserves to yeah. crypto. So I think there's definitely like a huge opportunity for people to do things around crypto this year. Like almost all the Nigerian crypto startups are reporting record high transaction yeah. numbers. Since yeah, since last year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, last year was a week ago, but <laughs> you get my points. But yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, crypto, like you said, um, that's one big thing. I, I think that there's, there's a, would I say, a market that, there's a lot of work that has been done in terms of like social commerce or e-commerce, but I feel like when you look at it from the small individual vendor perspective, there's still a long way to go in terms of these people are leveraging their own like personal social, like personal social media, personal WhatsApp whatever to sort of drive business and gain traction 
is that sustainable i I don't know i think that that's something to look out for because i don't know if it's sustainable for them to just keep going on their own or if there's a way to sort of gather them and give them collective a collective push or something i know instagram tried to do the whole stores thing or local support local business Thing, but I don't know. I haven't even gauged Nosa's opinion on this, but somebody that I'm rooting for, maybe because I know like the the CEO personally is Hala. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think I downloaded the app. So they've they've essentially built a marketplace. Um, the point has always been text and do e-commerce, make payments if within your conversations but now they've built a marketplace where you can actually like search for stuff so if i search for electronics for example it will then bring up like a list of different vendors Mm -hmm. that they have verified um as providing that service and then you can text those people and then make those purchases i'm very wary about e-commerce but i'm rooting for them sham that's so I think the challenge that they'll face is basically getting the, both the supply and demand on the same platform. Mm. So. Well, that's what Instagram does, sort of. Exactly, like you are you are more or less competing with Instagram and WhatsApp if yeah. you are entering that business. And how do you move people from something that already has so many users? To your own platform so they have to create the demand and the supply exactly so and that's tough and that's very like if whatsapp drops whatsapp pay in nigeria this year yeah it's going to kill everything because they already they already have customers they already oh, have the customer they have base. the they have the demand mm-hmm. they have the supply they have and the demand yeah. they have everything you just need to just facilitate and connect it so that's even what's called when I remember when Amplify Pay was doing that their keyboard thing, and even when AppZone wanted to do this is like a couple years ago that thing I I think the app probably died but they wanted to do like a social network for payments, and I I told I think I told the guy that I was running at the time that you're competing against Facebook and WhatsApp, why will I leave them to come and have conversations on your platform yeah. when my friends are not here. So I have to bring, I have to come myself, and I have to bring all my friends. Yeah, exactly. Which is long. Which is long. Yeah. But anyway, it's just a thought I had. I think that there's been a lot of work done to sort of enable small businesses in terms of you know digital payments and all of that. But I still feel like there's still stuff to be done in that regard. All right. Any parting thoughts, Lalu, Lisa? Beyond crypto, well, I do. I don't have anything. I don't so want to do long term. It's only Bitcoin that's in my head right now. No, no, no. It's just Bitcoin. yeah. I don't want to make long term predictions because last year I remember when we we're talking about like banking as a service, and we did see some traction, but COVID then happened, and no one saw that coming. Um, and this twenty twenty one already looks like it's going to be. 2020's older brother so, so I'm I still just think, think banking as a service no definitely no doubt it's, it's still is, growing this guy's raised 
did a is it precede or seed of one um what's their name um that former inter switch guy opera uh one oh, pipe yeah speaking of one pipe one of their staff who used to work at this what's that name of that company um three line and i saw the guy on their about on their people page and I saw and I almost deleted like the one pipe thing from my website. I was like, this useless guy is your employee. Wow. Nosa, do you really want to be bringing this ah, yeah. this heat to so this podcast? Like, when, I saw, when I saw CBN took one of three lines licenses, I was happy inside. I hate that company my life. I hate all of them, all their staff. <laughs> what is going on here? For please let's end the session before anyway. They yes. <laughs> Before Nosa finds more people, yeah. they are uh, nearly forced. Anyway, but one pipe raised one M, and I think we'll because we don't have I, we don't have enough fintechs to be fair. People say there's a fintech saturation. Uh, but people say also is there really? you know we've had we've talked about this thing on this there's, podcast. There's so much that market. There's but so much that is not being done. Again, if you are, I, I see your point. If you are making two naira every month of fifty million users, that is a hundred million naira in revenue every month. I, I get the point, but at the same time, that two naira is a is a problem for people. Yeah, obviously, I think. For me, Paystack has more or less shown me the way. This Paystack's exit is that is that we don't obviously we don't have that market, but it's still it's still it's still a two hundred million dollar company, and there's still there's means there's lots of I mean Stripe sees lots of opportunity. That's coming for for processing, yeah. Because to be fair, that processing is not just. It's not just in retail market alone. Um, yeah. There's a lot of corporates, and and in corporate business, volume is high. Exactly. So that means so, these corporate guys are going to need things, and those are the people that have been largely underserved. They're, like nobody solving their problems. See, the first fintech to hack trade finance. Why am I even? Laulu Grant. You know what? Let me stop giving people you ideas know, for. Because you think, with, as for, as far as like KYC now. There are not that many big KYC players, maybe like three. Um, you do transaction monitoring. We're still buying from outside. Fraud, fraud, uh, fraud watch list and stuff. We're still buying from outside. Even PFM, st- PFM things like transaction categorization, um, clean, basically cleaning up our data yeah. for like merchant data. We don't have it. We don't have any of that yet. I mean, there was Reach, but I don't know if Reach has actually like started selling that data to anybody. So, because once you have that, then you can start seeing stuff like budgeting apps. Because there's there's a demand for budgeting apps from what I've seen on like the app store. Like mm-hmm. they're very random apps, that, like that form like the top paid apps for iOS, yeah. and I've never heard of them. So there's a lot of stuff that is not localized yet that we're not even doing at all. That even banks can offer as like value added services. So right now it's even for savings now. There's piggy vest, carry wise, then there's maybe rise. Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, there's all, I think there's always that argument of we don't have enough fintechs, but then there's also the counter-argument that the market is really not that deep. The market is really not that deep, I agree. But for the 5 million-ish people, which I think is the true size of the market for this for these things, they still don't have enough. They don't have options. They don't really have options. Mm-hmm. Like, I was thinking about it the other day that if you're a fintech and you're trying to do dollar cards, uh, Flutter is more or less your only option. Unless you want to go out and go it yourself, which is long. which is long and expensive, but Flutter is your only option. Mm. For five million people, where all their vir- dollar virtual cards are issued by Flutter, come on now, can they not share it? <laughs> I mean, they did the work to start the business. Other people can feel free to enter the market if they can, you know. But yeah. We need more. We need more. <laughs> That's what I can say. Well, the markets will will respond. Yeah. If there's demand, people will show. Enterprising people will show. Useless people will show too, but yes. enterprising people will show. So, fingers crossed. Let's see what 2021 holds. Yeah. All right. Happy New Year again. Um, have a well, better than 2020 year. <laughs> And catch you in the next episode of the Open Africa podcast.